Welcome back to the Actual VR Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Mann, the owner of Actuality VR. This is the podcast where we give you a behind-the-scenes look at the VR revolution in real time with real professionals. We take a look at immersive tech news and interview professionals in their respective fields. Today, we're joined by Amy Wolf, the senior producer of Vanderbilt Communications. Amy and I have worked together on providing Vanderbilt with the first ever narrative VR admissions video. But beyond that, we've shared some emotionally charged experiences that will forever entwine us. But first, we're joined by team member and past guest of the show, Julian Messina, as we talk about the news stories that we covered on the actual VR show this Monday. Don't forget, if you've been enjoying this and all other content we put out, to subscribe on your platform of choice. With that said, let's do the thing. Rism. Aneurysm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay, we're rolling. (laughs) Welcome back. Didn't see you there. Uh, we're here with a very uh, special uh, special guest that we've... W- w- you've seen him before. He was a second segment guest, uh, but we're bringing him back because little did you know he's a part of the team. If you watch the episode, you know exactly what I'm talking about. He's a, he's a friend. He's a smart dude. He's an audio engineer, an audio genius, some would say. Julian Messina. I don't know if I go that far, but thank you, dude. I'm, I'm so happy to be back. I had so much fun on the last one. I'm, I'm ready to just like keep diving into these topics. If they need to be explored, man. I think the uh, the the guests had a lot of fun with the technical that we went over. Yeah, uh, the, kind of we went through a little bit more of the technical side. But for this part of the so this part of the show, we're gonna we're we're gonna we're gonna skip. Although we have uh, we have your audio input here, we're gonna talk about the uh, this part of the show where we go over what we talked about on Monday with the actual VR show. Mm-hmm. And this past week, we talked about um, some new VR hardware that's coming out. We've got the yeah. Five Cosmos. We have talks of the AR headset that uh, Apple's putting out there. And then Nintendo, yeah. they've got uh, some things going on with the with the Switch. We also talked about a friend of mine, uh, Rachel Bracker. She's coming out with a uh, docu series about women in aviation called um with the wind and the stars yeah yeah, so we talked a little bit about that and then finally we talked about this vr app paradiddle Mm. this vr game essentially you go in in a headset and this guy uh it started with this viral video of a guy playing assassin by muse yeah uh completely in virtual reality and how that can uh we talked about translating that into actual skill yeah so pretty cool stuff i'd love to hear your opinion on all of these things but we're going to start a little bit with the vr hardware um we have the htc cosmos which the htc cosmos um is a um it's it's the newer version of like uh, up from the pro the vive pro so they have the original htc vive you have the vive pro and now they have uh the vive cosmos which is a um silly wired headset we have a better resolution um you can put the that you can put the TP cast, I think is what the name of it is. Yeah, you can yeah, put that wireless, wireless adapter yeah. on the back there to, to for it to be wireless. But specifically, um, that faceplate right on the very top there uh, comes mm-hmm. off with the top and bottom camera. Yeah. Um, it solves a lot of problems. So actually, um, Julian, so you've done some work where you are um, with the guys from Rabbit Hole. Yes. Which, uh, you... I love Jennifer Mitchell. <laughs> They're so much fun. Yeah. So uh, on the podcast last week, we had them on and we yeah. talked about a lot of this stuff. So they um, they have a mixture of the Vive Pros and the HTC Vives. Mm-hmm. Um, what? So they added this lower camera on this top camera, specifically to combat when we lose traction or track. Um, Tracking of tracking. the tracking, tr- tracking, <laughs> tracking, tr- tracking, tracking yes. of the 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 controllers over your right, head and right, below your chin. Right, right. Which, if you're shooting a bow, you know it's back here. If you're shooting a gun, those are all places your hands are going to go. How, right. Do you see that problem with the um, either one of those headsets? Well, the thing is, so this headset I, I feel like is a bit of a controversy 
at least emotionally because you know <laughs> like you look at the, you look at the controllers and you're like oh, i recognize those like yep. you know um they look like the quest controllers uh yeah. but it's okay we're talking about tracking though um we can talk about whatever well i just i kind of want to cut into that for yeah. just a second because like you know you look at this and you go oh they uh they adopted a really good idea which what came through with the quest yeah um only problem being that it's still wired but they're not necessarily going yeah. with that I mean, they're just like, okay, we got a new headset that is a little better, smoother. The other thing that bothers me about these controllers, too, is that they're using light. Yep. Um, and the biggest issue with that being is battery consumption. Um, Which I I want to say... And heavy, they're heavier because of that. And it's little things, but, you know... I don't know why, but I saw this on a post. Maybe you can help me validate this. This is just hearsay at this point. Yeah. Um, I heard that it takes AA batteries. You know, yeah, it's like it does. Two hours of... That can't be right. Like two hours of battery life I before saw, you need to swap batteries. I saw I saw the double A's as well. Um, and honestly, to me, that that's a little irritating because that's going back to the Game Boy days where you've got to oh, you've got to buy packs of batteries, and it's you like always got to have them with we you. We left this in the '90s. Let's not do this again. You know, that's the one thing with the Oculus Go that I did not like. That if my controller died, I was screwed. Like yeah. they didn't have they didn't have another way of navigating the headset were it no. not for. If you didn't have double A batteries, you just now, again, the Oculus Go is a portable VR headset, so it made it a lot more right, convenient right, than right. something that obviously exists at your home. Or, right, right. Um, but yeah, no, AA batteries, definitely um, inconvenient. I do like the fact that they, you know, the resolution is better. I like yeah, what I think they're going to do better. Uh, slightly better than the Pro, um, and they said 80% better than mm -hmm. the original Vive. So we have an we have a regular Vive at the office. We have the original Vive, and right, it's yeah. amazing. I don't have any problems. It's still great. It's, it's, a great it's still yeah. It's still a great headset. Now, if I was going to upgrade mm -hmm. um, to the next headset, I might do something like take that headset um, and use the Index controllers, um, something to that effect, because it all works with Steam VR. Um, so that's pretty cool. That, that's okay. That's what I'm really excited about. Is okay. So. There's obviously things that we're paying attention to now, which is like increasing resolution. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I I made a joke about like we've seen these controllers before, but like they realized, hey, these work better. So yeah, we're yeah. gonna adopt this. And I have to step back and give them some credit on that because you know we are now in a place where they're putting out better hardware, and you can now start mixing and matching, which is I That's think the most exciting cool. part is you can go okay, I either want to get in index or maybe just the controllers and i can yeah. still kind of rely on what i have here i mean let's let's not negate something here like the 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 audio strap correct I, yeah I, yeah I was, so I they have it built in like yeah. it's 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 no longer an add-on which that was one of the best investments like best right. improvements i made right. to my headset so like you know again, and it flips up too and it this flips headset up. flips up to where you can you don't have to peek through the nose it just right. flips right there but we're right back but down. we're back to preferences again where it's like i can uh, yeah. either i can either get the index which is going to have the outward drivers or i can stick yep. with what i know and what's more comfortable and plus they added the the, the flip lid side to it which is flip lid i call i like yeah, to yeah. call it flip lid that's a good name but like you know you can actually be immersed and take a second to figure out what's going mm -hmm. on and it, you're not you do it a lot, especially if you're developing exactly. or if you're editing and you're using something. Uh, and that's, that's great. why that's Boom. a great option. Yep, for sure. All right, so we're going to move over to the um, the AR iOS 13 AR rumor. So we they, they've been hinting. Apple's been taking out patents for an AR headset right. since like 2011. It's not. It's not. They haven't been quiet about it. Mm -hmm. I think they're just kind of waiting for the right time. Well, we saw specifically in iOS 13 
Um, this article in Engadget refers to a uh, a file that was inside the README, mm-hmm. or uh, it was something that was alluded to in a README, essentially saying that uh, like telling employees, Apple employees, how to navigate the um, the interface without an AR headset. So that implies right. that there is an AR headset, or they're preparing for one. Yeah. Um, it's also within their power to be able to be able to say like we're this close, but it's not quite time yet, and hold on to it for a while, and they'll and they'll wait for the. I think Apple will wait for the moment that's going to be the best for them and for their customers. Well, it, it, but see again, being content creators, like it's it's another opportunity that legitimizes what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it when as soon as a company like Apple says, "Hey, we're we're on this and expect yeah. this." Uh, you feel that you know you can start to jump in this and start dreaming a little bit bigger on what you want to do because now you've got an opportunity to put more content out to more people because exactly there's a lot of iPhone users, but yeah. I mean for me in audio like that excites me as well because you know looking at iOS 13, uh, they have what the um, sorry I'm just the, this. The don't worry about it I'll be able to cut it out uh, okay I'll be able to clean it up yeah yeah all right um okay let me come back a bit. So looking at iOS 13, what's exciting to me about that too is they're also incorporating uh, more Dolby uh, options. So the fact that I could... Specifically pot- Atmos, right? Atmos, right. Yeah. So 3D audio b- potentially being a thing. I, I, I imagine first it, you'll be experiencing um, like really great surround mixes for films, you know, static. Mm-hmm. But the fact that all these pieces are starting to come together, like when you look at Apple and you start seeing these things, it's you know that this is for real. And it and it kind of segues into Nintendo in that like uh, Apple is smart in that they wait and they see what's been tested and what's working, and mm-hmm. then once they know, they can kind of go ahead and start really making it, you know, shiny and pretty and exactly dated. what they want it to be. Exactly. Totally. So we're gonna move on. We're uh, we're gonna move on to the next story. So we, we you know we we mentioned on the show that there's a Nintendo uh, mm-hmm. a patent for a VR another VR headset. We had the Labo in the past, and yeah. it didn't. I haven't followed up with it, but it didn't yeah, seem like yeah, I didn't hear yeah. much about it after it came out. So that was pretty exciting. Um, but we're going to go ahead and switch over to um, their second story, which was with the wind and the stars. So my friend mm-hmm. Rachel Bracker, who I met yeah. at South by Southwest several years ago, um, has been doing some amazing work. Uh, 360 Labs is where she works, but she also creates... Um, she's an independent filmmaker. So she created uh, this episodic docu-series yeah. that allowed you to... Uh, it's kind of shining a light on the fact that there's not a lot of women pilots. In, in fact, no, like a proportionally, yeah. like less than 10% uh, female pilots. So she's just telling their stories, maybe mm-hmm. to inspire women to, um, you know, maybe to fly and to, to show where there's a need and also to tell their stories because it's a very unique story. Um, they're in a unique position. Uh, right. But she's been doing a wonderful job uh, with this. Um, and so she's got some really cool shots. If we can pull a little bit of it up... Um, Maybe start with like the first 10 seconds or something. Oops, I am playing out of the wrong input. And I'll <laughs> fix that right now. <laughs> so this was, um, uh, Rachel, I hope you, you don't I mind you shared this. Years old, uh, this was shot with the GoPro Fusion, this shot right here. To be a pilot. Um, it's such a great camera for shooting inside okay, of a, a car or a plane. Right. You can really get close and you're not worried about distortion so much yeah i am from damascus in syria 
that's the capital of Syria and I love Syria so much I mean I grew up there all my memories are in Syria when the war started in Syria I was 16 years old so there's a lot of this is a if you guys get a chance go on uh, look for with the wind and the stars on Facebook you'll see a lot of this uh, a lot of this content but when we talk about storytelling in VR, she's right. she's actually she's going out there and telling telling stories. Uh, it's, and it's a piece of content you know, with a lot of people doing roller coasters and jumping off of which have their place, mm-hmm. um, jumping off of mountains, doing stuff on cars. Right, like right. these are people. Uh, she's telling stories of of actual people, which is I, I think really really cool, uh, cool for the medium and just um, you know really inspiring to see. Well, and I mean because you've already you've had experience with this through like Never Thirst and and doing. Those kinds of like to be able to pull emotional appeal and be able to bring you into like you know this is somebody's life and this is what they're doing. Um, This is kind of what we've been waiting for with VR, where it's like, hey, can we do something that will you know bring you in further to get you a better sense of who these people are, um, what they're trying to do. Uh, So it certainly takes a cake for sure. Yeah, as being like what like what you should do. storytelling wise for um with that with that medium i'm really confused on what's happening <laughs> really nick has left the building but guys <laughs> uh so uh so with the wind and the stars you guys we're gonna drop yeah. that link down in the in the um in the show notes but go ahead and uh that this last story i'm super pumped to hear julian's take on this last okay story. yeah so paradiddle, paradiddle. as an as a, oh, as yeah, a yeah. engineer as a musician guy and as somebody who knows how to set up a midi trigger i'm super into it tell <laughs> yeah, me how to set yeah. up a midi trigger okay so we talked about paradiddle uh actually uh maybe play a little bit of that video Love to. um on paradiddle's website so this is a this is essentially a uh a VR application, you put your headset on, you can learn how to play drums. Um, but it's a little bit more than, and we're going to have to mute that. They, they they do play Assassin by Muse. So just like, yeah, that one right there. Just have that in your head. And he goes through and he shows. Yeah. Yeah. So he's playing an actual drum set, which is super cool. But it goes beyond that. I think what we were talking about, the potential goes beyond just like, hey, learn how to play drums. Because this is the next step above you know guitar hero or, or a rock band you know you could like get the rhythm but you weren't learning how to play the drums yeah i mean for for me well it, what's funny is i actually grew up playing drums as a kid and i remember i was fortunate enough to get like one of those electronic kits and i would play knights of Sidonia over and over again i could, really? I could play it at all hours of the night so when i saw That's this awesome. I, I had a couple thoughts first being that you know being a kid again would be you know being able to do this in the comfort of your own bedroom you're not you're not disrupting anybody even more I mean, the might be a little weird to walk into. I mean, yeah, it's like, well, what are you, you doing? Um, but on on the production side, though, uh, I love this because of you know certain MIDI potential where you know you could control a, a sound bank essentially and and trigger different drum sounds. I know for me, uh, different times, like, well, what if I could just play a part out and get some pre production stuff, just some ideas on on yeah. what I'm trying to articulate, and you know, why not just play it rather than poke little MIDI notes. Phil Walton talked, uh, when we talked to him, he's a Snapchat guy. Um, yeah. He uses Snapchat lenses to just do quick mock-ups because the exactly. tools are so easy right. to be able to like scale something. Really? 
Really? Uh oh. Uh oh. Look at look that. at that. Oh man. Ladies and gentlemen, tell them what we have. Nick, thank so, you so much for heading out there. It's uh, it's Julian's birthday today, and we've been pretending like we didn't know all day. Not only is it Julian's birthday, it's but also it's Patrick's birthday, and it's Ro- Robert's birthday was just a few days ago. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> it is your birthday. I'm right? not bleeping that out. That's staying in. It was there. the 17th, but. I oh mean, what! <laughs> but whatever. I mean, this is whole. I, let's wow, uh, guys. let's show. Let's 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 let's. Uh, I'm I'm gonna sneak in there and show the show the cake. I got a, I got the wide shot going. This is incredible, all right. dude. <laughs> we don't, we didn't have a candle, so just pretend to blow it out. Just spit all over the can. I am I'm so shocked and so thankful. Ooh, oh my yeah, god. Too, yeah. yeah, look at that. Yeah, I got the logo on there. Julian, that is. Patrick. Rob got our logo. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Rob that is so. It's awesome. gonna taste amazing too. Can I? Can I just get a little scoop? On this? Yeah, I mean, if you want to. Oh, it's nice and cold too. It's so hot out. <laughs> Happy belated birthday! Thank you, Kyle. I realized that when I was talking to you, and I was like, "Hey, you should be on the show." Uh, I didn't realize it was so close to your birthday. So. Wow, I, I'm I'm pretty shocked. We decided. Right <laughs> we love you, big boy. Everybody Thank decided we'd we'd, we'd, we'd get you amazing. a cake. Uh, you have to eat all of that on camera right now. <laughs> want to see me do it? Uh, no. You've got a uh, minute and a half, Casey. Uh, producer Casey, how much time does he have? Oh no, we got we got. Uh, oh, no. How much time do I want him to have? I wanted to, to throw his face in there, uh, but uh, no, I, I do want to uh, just. I do want you to finish up those the, your thoughts on MIDI controllers. I know that we we like we <laughs> completely like, sideswiped you. Yeah, with, this uh, is totally a sideswipe. Yeah. podcast I, producer Casey wants to know the details. I do. Yeah, I do. Okay. Um. Well. Again, thank you guys. This is, that's so <laughs> thank you. Um, uh, MIDI controllers. Uh, okay, uh, so this is a this is an exciting thing, uh, especially for producers. Um, setting aside the, the game side of it, but you know, it makes me think that companies like Roland or others like that are going to start looking at that more legitimately and go, "Wow, mm. you know, we could probably start supplying really good drum sounds." This is something we should be thinking yeah. about. And one thing that I, I would hope too is maybe there might be new controller investment where you know there might be drumstick controllers or some kind uh, of something. Some, something or integration with the pre-existing hardware. Like how do we? Right, right. Because I know as a kid, it's like I had the option you could buy these like rubber pads that you could set up yeah. in in lieu of a drum set where like they would be in certain positions to have that. that kind of feedback. So I know, like you know, maybe ten minutes. You've kind of like arranged your toms and your you snare, know exactly. your kick. You know where they all are, and then you're actually yeah playing. And then you get the the visual aspect too, which you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all those waves just like go out into the distance. That would just be so much fun. Yeah. No, I mean the the fact that you could literally produce, like when I think about e, like the EDM scene, EDM scene, yeah, using Ableton controllers, right, right, like right. could you imagine writing songs in? in vr entirely just like having like going through and just whether using drumsticks wh- whatever right. you're using um that'd but, be really cool too well here's the other side though it's too. a whole new performance okay that's exactly what i was going to talk about was now this is legitimizing performance even further when you start mm. seeing people come out with instrument options yeah in vr it's like now you're giving them an option to well can we do live virtual performances that are you know maybe are more electronic driven just based on the fact that that's sample based but i mean you see it in the music now it's like the only thing it's missing is like a a visual component and like a whole unifying like 
it, it just, yeah, yeah, like dude. your ideas well, think, could just go crazy. I think Wave, um, Wave VR is doing an amazing job at yeah. showing the was, the need fun. and the potential for online, like virtual performances. And I think when you start adding new controller options, like the one we saw there, like the possibilities for performances and live shows and uh, new ways of creating music and, and consuming yeah. it is is. Dra- I mean, virtual. Uh, we talked about it in the movie industry. Virtual reality is at the very cusp of absolutely revolutionizing the way we look here and see things. Right. That's what, yeah. Well, look and see are the same things, but you, you know, right. it's changing the way we consume content. It's changing the potential for all those things. And I think, um, the people that watch this show, the people that, um, are interested in VR, the people that we, we, yeah, we talked to on the podcast and the, the, the companies that we talked about on the show, they're all writing essentially the history of virtual reality as, as we'll see it, 10, 15, 30, 50 years from now. And it's really cool. But um, we got to um, we got to wrap up the show. Yeah. It's time. It's time for thank our guest. Yeah, of course. Yeah, thank, thank you. you for being on. We have a, um, a mutual friend, somebody you got to meet, Amy Wolf, uh, coming up after after this. So, awesome. Um, you had a chance to meet her. But Julian, as always, dude. Thank you. Good to see you thank again, you man. Thank you. Always good to see you. Our main guest today is the brains and talent behind all of the video content you see from Vanderbilt University and a pioneer in the immersive tech space. Uninspired by the implementations of immersive tech and admissions at the time, she was determined to do it better. With a quick Google search, she found us and friend Wes Bertner, and the rest is immersive recruitment history as the video was a huge success, shattering expectations. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce Story First Creative, an all-around wonderful human being, Amy Wolf. All right, guys, and we're here. We we have a very special guest. We we have um somebody who who started out as uh, somebody I was working with, mm-hmm. and now uh, I consider you a friend. Yes. Um, and I'm so thankful that you took time out of your very busy day, very busy <laughs> schedule. You have a million things going on to to come in and, and talk on the podcast. So, thank my you very pleasure. much, Amy. Absolutely, my pleasure. Oh, it's great. Well, we, we so we first met. Um, well, you know what? Actually, I think Wes, um, Wes Bertner, who is going to be on the podcast as well, um, he reached out initially. Is that how that happened? Uh, how did you initially come in contact with us? I started Googling, doing what everyone does. Yeah. I had this idea of something tied to VR. And I was like, hmm, who does VR? And I <laughs> just did what I always do. And yeah. I just started Googling. And I found you guys. Awesome. And um, I really didn't know where to start. So yeah. I really just started making phone calls and sending emails. And Wes reached out right away. So, I mean, it was a totally new journey for me. I also very rarely hire outside. We do everything ourselves. So... You yeah. know, like a lot of people, I just tried to find you and, and it all came Got together. on the Google machine. Yeah. The Googleizer. Yeah. So we we ended up, we, we met up. And one of the things that I think um, we connected on almost immediately was that the concept that this needed to be a story. Yes. Um, because we looked at, there there had been immersive content mm-hmm. with universities before, but all it was all kind of that uh, virtual tour. Like they had, right. um, it was just still that kind of vibe where you go out and you explore. Mm-hmm. Um, but we wanted to do something that had, had, was rooted in some story. I 100% believe that all videos should evoke emotion. I say it so much, I feel like I should have it tattooed up my arm. <laughs> um, because we have a virtual tour where a student is taking students through campus, mm-hmm. it has pictures and stuff yeah. like that. 
It's giving them the information. I want video to make people feel something, um, whatever that feeling is, excitement, emotion, sadness. I want them to care. And so I thought if if we're going to do a cool new thing like VR, yeah. and if we're going to do something where we're going to be paying for it, I want people to feel something. Yeah. And um, it's not like they have to feel like I want to change the world. But what I want is, are they going to feel like, wow, Vanderbilt is a cool place and these people are great. We care because that yeah. is a big part of the way the university really is. It's so authentic and I want people to feel that way. And it's hard sometimes when you're doing something for a university, for every university not to look the same. Mm -hmm. So emotion and showing our true emotion, I thought is what would set us apart maybe from some other schools. So what, I mean, you you didn't have, and nor do you currently have, immersive content creation as a part of your day-to-day -day job. Correct. So what, like, what was that moment when you decided, like, okay, maybe we should look into VR? Like, what was that, what was that, that thought process? Like, how did you get to that conclusion? I work with admissions, and they were going on a big international tour, mm -hmm. and the question was, how can we portray Vanderbilt for students who live thousands and thousands of mm. miles away. Also, this project specifically that I met you uh, on the first time was tied to China. Um, so how do we help a Chinese audience understand everything that Vanderbilt is? Yeah. And that's a big ask because um, some people, a lot of people in China have never heard of Vanderbilt for sure, yeah. or have never heard of Nashville, Tennessee, you know, they're just thinking. No clue what it, what's there. They just may have an interest in coming to the United States to go to college. Um, mm. But this project was, you know, it can be used beyond that, but that's what the original impetus was for this big international tour that Vanderbilt and a bunch of other schools were going to be going on together. And I really wanted a, to set us apart, to yeah. make us special. Um, and like I said, just said, I wanted them to feel that authentic warmth. Um, and so VR seemed like a really cool way to go. And some of the other schools had, you know, when we were talking about all this, loved the idea of VR. But their first thing was, we'll do a virtual tour. And I have to say, I thought, oh, yes, because we're going to do <laughs> so much more than that. Yeah. And that felt exciting, though a little risky, because you're trying to introduce people to real, real students, and yes. you hope they like them, and stuff like that. But uh, I think it turned out really well, especially considering a lot of the hurdles oh, we had to man. jump <laughs> yeah we so we so guys that that you're if you're listening here well of course you're listening uh if uh we we had a very particular challenge when it when it came to filming this because yeah. we had a we had a, a deadline that we had to reach well we had to film it with a certain amount of time beforehand well that time was during a break so there was practically no students on campus at all. But we needed to we needed to fill this video as right. if this campus was alive. You know, there's people there. It was during a semester. Uh certainly challenging. You handled a lot, I mean, all of that. That was all that was yeah. all you. Um, but we it was a it, it was kind of a blessing in disguise because we met Troy. Yes. Troy happened to be there. Troy is the um kind of your friend along this ride through right. this uh experience. Um but I feel like 
for the most part, we did. We were able to to gather some people together to mm-hmm. have this convincing story that it. it was there. Yeah, that is one of the things that when I'm not in technically in the admissions office, so I don't know everything that's going on on their calendar. So when they brought me in and said, "Explain the situation to me." It was pretty close to the end of the school year. And I'm thinking, um, <laughs> so everyone's leaving. But I love having to deal with those type of constraints. I know sometimes people hear the term creative constraint and it's like mm-hmm. so overused. But to me, that adds that cool challenge. Oh, so it's yeah. like, okay, we've got this great idea and we can either say, okay, let's throw the idea in the dumpster or let's try to make it work. And with the beauty of video, you can some, you don't, it doesn't have to be exactly what it is. You can help to create that. For me, what was a really interesting, interesting challenge is that VR is 360. (laughs) I'm used to trying to create a scene that's just right in front of the camera. Yeah. You can frame it. Like Uh, there's a frame. Right. I'm not thinking, oh my gosh, everything (laughs) has to be there so um that was interesting troy is amazing he um he is a native of china Mm -hmm. um but he had come to high school in the united states he loves vanderbilt and he has such a genuine heart and this is another thing i will never use actors in any vanderbilt anything. I remember that being a specific point that was made in in some of the emails. We use real students, real professors, real staff, because we are a family, we are a community. And the second we start using actors, um, then we're not authentic anymore. And at least, at least in my videos on my watch, um, I just, not only would I not want to do that, but I don't need to do it. Yeah. And Troy, who is very much not an actor, literally was like, hey, want to do this? Yeah. And he, he and did a, so good. He and a bunch of the other students were just, and professors. Yes. They were just along for the ride. I think that sometimes comes with building relationships, too. I said, we're doing this cool experiment. Yeah. Let's try it. And the nice thing about academia, people are up for that. They're like, yeah. oh. I get to try something new. I mean, I think people can't be afraid of failure. I mean, yeah. it's only a video. Yeah. The The brain surgeons are over on the Vanderbilt Medical Center side. <laughs> we do, we're making videos. So I think, you know, when you realize it's an, a cool experiment. Yeah. Um, and it was a really ex- successful experiment. Yes. Because the families and prospective students Loved it. By far said that our video, your video that you created, our video was um, was the best one on the tour. And of the updated video, we did same thing. Just absolutely love it for the very reason that they felt emotionally connected. They felt that they could feel like what a real student would feel. And um but then it also tied in with the things that are important to them, like rankings and where we are academically. But they yeah. got to feel what we're trying to get across. So it was a huge hit. And I know yeah. that the admissions counselors have really loved it. So that's 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 great news. Yeah, that, big that's win. Great. That was yeah, that, I think that was the best. I was so nervous. Um, you know, you, I, I think 
Oh, oh man, I'm drawing a blank on the. Uh, there's an ad that on YouTube that keeps coming for a master class. Uh, it's a director, and he always says, "If you don't feel like getting sick before your premiere, <laughs> then you didn't put everything into it. Like yeah. you're not. This is not what you're supposed. What yeah. you're supposed to be doing." And I just remember just waiting to hear back from the team, just like, mm-hmm. "Okay, how did we do? How did it go? How did it go?" So I was very relieved. I gave a few fist pumps in the air just <laughs> as soon as I heard it. Um, but no, that was a because you know there were some unique challenges in that. It was in Mandarin, the voiceover. Correct. We had to hire a vo- uh, Mandarin, uh, native Mandarin speaker, voiceover artist. We, and did we hire one or did we use a for graduate student? For the first one. Student? For okay. the first one we did, the, sec- the second release, we, we used I a graduate student. I had a graduate student. Yeah. Okay. Which I, I like the graduate student. Yeah. Because um, Troy does speak Mandarin, but I think he was gone by yeah. the time. Because the video itself was in English, and then we had a yes. voiceover as well. So... Yeah, which just allowed more people to be able to experience it. What so one of the um one of the things that you had to do is that you were trying to hire a VR company mm-hmm. who you had no idea like kind of what uh, what to expect when it come from when it came from a VR no. company. What what type of uh you know what what are the cameras? What was the process? Like what what, what were some of the concerns? And how did you, because uh, I imagine there's a lot of people out there. They know the benefit of virtual reality. They've heard about right. it. It's really big right now. It's in the news. Right. You know, if you look in, if you do any research into the benefits of it, you'll find, you know, some, some, yeah. uh, some good stuff, some, some right. uh, kind of uh, fake stuff, but it's been proven to be successful. So like, how do, how, what advice would you give to somebody who is maybe looking to make that step into a field they have really don't know anything about? Right. Um, but they, but they want to be able to try it. Like they want to be able to kind of test the waters. How would you, how would you recommend that well, they do that? It was challenging for me because we are a really, really small shop and we do everything ourselves. Mm-hmm. We don't really have a budget for, I mean, I don't have a budget. Yeah. So everything I want to do for the most part, I have to do myself. My videographer and I do it. And um, like anyone who creates stuff, sometimes you come up with some gold and sometimes you think, gosh, I wish I could do this. Yeah. This was a perfect situation because admissions, like when, well, first of all, they were willing to give some money towards it. And I right. said, I want to do this. We don't have the equipment. I have absolutely no idea how to do it. And this is not something where I can do a quick learn. And I'll tell you, I looked into it. I looked into how yeah. much is a VR camera. Um, how does the editing work? Could we use it on our same editing software? And um, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but my mom taught me something where she said, if you're going to do it half-assed, don't do it at all. <laughs> and there's something where you think, well, I'm going to try it, and if I fail, that's okay. Yeah. But as I did my due diligence and I was doing my research, I was like, this is going to be half-assed if we try to do it. And Vanderbilt's not half-assed, and I don't want to be either. So I have to find some experts but one of the things I found challenging is that some of the people I reached out to, they are doing VR for like Ford, uh, yeah. virtual reality experience. Oh, if you have $20,000, we can make you a video. <laughs> and I absolutely did not have that budget. Yeah. And I, it just, this was this intimate little experiment. So I was thinking too, I can't put my name behind something when I don't know anything about it yet. So yeah. that was a that was kind of, that was a first kind of hurdle for me to educate myself, 
to learn, okay, here's what we can do and here's what we can't do. I knew what I could do was help come up with a narrative. Yes. Find the people, find the locations. Um, and I will say for when I met you and Wes for the first time, but especially you because I knew you were the artist behind it. Um, I'm such a good instinct person and I trusted you right away and you had that same kind of, you'd get excited and get that glint in your eye like I do. I think the first time we were talking, we were both like, yeah, yeah, and we'll do this <laughs> we and were. this and this. And I thought, yeah. oh, I'm going to be able to work with this dude. We're going to make it, this is going to be great. We're going to yeah. make it work. And so I'll be honest, when I met you, I just thought, this is let's go for this ride. And I didn't have expectations because I had never done it before. And I looked at a bunch of VR videos. um, Mm -hmm. And man, that's the one thing. The level of quality is so massive that I'm thinking (laughs) if we're somewhere in the middle, that's good. (laughs) So I just, I just didn't know. And so I will say um, I did a lot on faith because Mm -hmm. I didn't know, but again, it's a video. And yeah. I thought the worst case scenario is that it would bomb and I'd say, well, we tried something new and it didn't work yeah. or it was just okay. Happens all the time. And then it ended up being great. So then we yeah. come out as geniuses. <laughs> um, so it just- We received those awards. We had our hall <laughs> dedicated to us. Yeah. We didn't yeah. have a hall dedicated no. to us. No. <laughs> no. But you know what? Yeah. Sometimes in this world, just getting a- that really worked. Thanks is yeah. is awesome enough. So That's super I don't know cool. if I answered your question, but you totally did. Okay, yeah, totally. Uh, I'm not used to being on this side. I'm the one yeah. who asks the questions because <laughs> I'm always the producer. I'm the one who does the interviews, so this yeah. feels a little weird. This is great. But. This is great. The uh, well, you mentioned something, and uh, I had a kind of a question leading uh, following it but you said you know you were you're working within a limited budget now mm-hmm. there are uh, you know we've created uh, experiences that are in the for for higher enterprise level um right. companies but what you said to me because one of the conversations we had you're like guys i don't think you understand like this is something that is needed but admissions departments they don't have the, that thirty thousand dollars that they can drop on a video, no, not our VR all. experience. So, like you were telling us, like this is a this is a market for you guys, this, right? And that that stuck with me, and it's it's continues to stick with me. And I we started to apply it to um, creating sales tools for medium sized businesses or mm-hmm. smaller businesses because that's something that it's not accessible to those small businesses yet. So we're mm-hmm. trying to find ways. But I want to ask, what if you didn't have a budget? What type of <laughs> VR experience would you want to create for Vanderbilt? Wow. Um, yeah, kind of putting you on the spot here. I would want to, wow, that's hard. Okay, so when I think of Vanderbilt and what I love about Vanderbilt, and I cannot believe this, but I've been working at Vanderbilt for almost 13 years now, which is crazy. <laughs> um, but what is consistent about Vanderbilt Mm-hmm. is this, and I keep using this word, but authenticity, uh, carrying this idea of collaboration over competition. I mean, yeah. it's, and this is amongst the students and the professors and a lot of diversity and inclusion. Um, I absolutely love the fact that the campus is over 40% minority students. I think a lot of people For, don't realize that. Over 40%? Yes. Okay, I, and, I didn't know that. Um, I should know that. Not just 
ethnically, racially diverse, but economically diverse because of Opportunity Vanderbilt. So 65% of students are having a huge chunk of their education paid for. Um, So we have diversity of ideas and beliefs and opinions. And that is this magical thing. So I guess if I were to create a VR experience, I would want someone to be able to sit in some of those small groups. Like freshmen live on the Ingram Commons and they have these Mm. small groups where sometimes they're talking about pretty complex issues. I would want someone to be able to feel like they could be in that world. In a way, that would be like a really cool if it was like a true virtual reality world where that person could also Contribute. contribute to it. Yeah, But if they were just watching a video that they were in, I'd want them to experience that. But I'd also want them to experience being, you know, on the basketball court during a big game or I I mean, really the baseball team, like being there when the baseball team has a huge game where you hear the crack of the bat. And um, our baseball stadium is really intimate for as amazing as the baseball team is. So it is an experience where like you may very well get that ball from one of the big players and stuff like that. It's not like a lot of other SEC schools. Also a lot of the cool research things, you know, when you're going into the Wondery and we did catch some of this, but students all the time are in there building things and collaborating on really creative things. So I would want someone to feel like they were really in all those things. I want them to sit in the dining hall and almost feel like, gosh, I could taste or smell that food because it looks so delicious. Yeah. Um, But because I think that is what Vanderbilt is. I think there are a lot of things on a university campus we're not talking about. I mean, we're never going to have the experience of, you know, a Notre Dame football game type of thing. Right. But not every student wants that huge, overwhelming experience. And we can give that in this environment that is just so creative and collaborative. So I say the one, you know, the campus is so diverse. The one thing the students have in common is that everyone's really smart. Um, (laughs) And sometimes it's really neat to sit in an environment where people are throwing out big world changing ideas. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why I stay because I am so inspired there by everyone. And I mean, my job is to be a storyteller. So it's like, wow. I get to tell all these cool stories and new students come in all the time and they're like, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to cure cancer. And I think be the person who does that, please. And let me tell a story about you in a video. (laughs) It was very humbling being around some of those students, listening to them talk and just, I I have just everything (laughs) right over my head. It was, it was really cool. I did not go to Vanderbilt. I just worked there. (laughs) I'm very proud of my state school education. Um, I, You know, it's funny working at a university because a lot of people at first are like, oh, this is so intimidating. And I think, you know, and I have so much respect, especially for researchers who spend their entire life studying this amazing little area. But they're an expert in their field. Mm -hmm. And I had to realize that, you know what, I'm an expert in mine. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times people who are creatives who make things and it's like, oh, well, I just dabble in this. I just dabble in that. No, no. I mean, you are a creative force and you are becoming an expert. When I met you, I had to say, okay, I know nothing, (laughs) so I'm trusting you. And you could have caved or you could have risen to the occasion and you rose to the occasion, you know? So I think that's not 
it's not always easy for us as humans to have confidence in ourselves yeah. and being at Vanderbilt around a bunch of super smart people. That is, <laughs> it helps me to say, you know, I think I can. I think I can. Well, that's a, a lot of those people, a lot of the people that are um, so ingrained in their work, you know, they've, they have been spending their entire lives yeah. working on this project. They may not have a voice to be able to tell their story. And yeah. that's where you've done such an incredible job. The amount of content you push out on on the Facebook and the YouTube page. And, and I don't even know the yeah. amount of internal uh, videos that you do, but I do know that you crank out quite a bit of great content. Thank and you. Ha- have you come across, speaking of talented, have you come across students that are working in the immersive content field at Vanderbilt? You know, we... I, it's interesting. We have, I'm always looking for students who are doing cool stuff and in, in, especially in video. Um, sometimes I, I literally just, I call it e-discovery, but I'm stalking Ooh. them on the internet. Um, that's <laughs> how disclosure. I do it. Yeah. I call, I mean, I, I Google Vanderbilt and yeah. things like that, but, um, I know of a graduate student who is doing amazing research um, in the virtual reality field. We also have a Vanderbilt grad who actually created a whole, you know, virtual reality environment world. um, And now his name is escaping me. But... um, Shoot. I hate when I forget. Not Noah. Noah uses this alum's environment for his research tied to helping people with addiction uh, specifically opioid addiction um which is really cool and he's in the middle of that research um noah robinson by the way uh, is who we're talking about noah is now um one of the heads of the nashville vr meetup Mm -hmm. uh, which they hold their meetings at the wondery at vanderbilt university so that's really cool i I had it for a little bit, um, and we were meeting at Maker Studio, which mm-hmm. was in a warehouse. Had no air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> Poor planning on my part, taking full responsibility for that one. Um, but yeah, he's done an amazing job with the VR meetup. And then I don't know too much. I want to be able to have him on the podcast. You I think, should. I think he'd be really... I mean, the whole reason I did a story on him is because I was at the Wondery to interview someone else. And I saw this dude in a room with VR goggles on just wandering around. <laughs> and it's a glassed-in room. And I, I thought, what That's is he doing? <laughs> and I knocked on the door. I said, what are you doing? And he showed me this. And I mean, it's, you know, the thing with VR, there's such like a gee whiz coolness about it (laughs) because it seems a little magical i mean it literally you know you think how is this possible or i you know you go to put the goggles on it's like i'm not gonna feel this it's not gonna be real (laughs) this is gonna you know and then you put it on and for me i like to escape into a you know in i i'm i'm pro escapism but when i put on vr goggles i'm like i really feel that I'm in that world if it's, you know, decent VR. So I'm glad I met Noah. And that was a super cool story. And I felt like a kid in a candy store when I saw how visual it is, because obviously we could show people that, but he's doing really important work. So he's taking something super cool and fun and really helping people with something like addiction and Mm -hmm. different things. So I feel like when those two can come together, and that's kind of what a university could do, take that gee whiz thing and put some hard research behind it. So I think that's cool. Yeah. No, there's, there, um, you know, medical, the, the medical uses, that's one that 
Yeah. It's completely, I feel so inferior when I'm having conversations. I know that, you know, I know the benefits of, of, of VR for medical purposes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's been helping people walk again mm-hmm. um, to visualize their legs moving. Right. And it's kind of this, uh, you know, it's overused in the VR industry. Like it's an empathy machine. Yeah. So, but what it does is it does elicit empathy. It kind mm-hmm. of puts you places. It makes you believe yeah. that you're there. Um, and it it's really helpful when it comes to um, you know helping people understand the situations that they're in. That's why it's mm-hmm. used in the nonprofit space, like to kind of understand uh, uh, where people from different backgrounds, uh, what they're what they're working with. But I, I want to um, what they're working with, what they're working with. Uh, <laughs> I want to tell. I want to take a little bit of time because <clears throat> we had we had we we had so many stories that so many different things that happened while we were. Um, Filming this, filming this experience. I remember the first time when we went to the top of Kirkland Tower for the shot. Oh my gosh, yes. This thing is like, I mean, it felt medieval walking up the state. Like we, yeah. we were walking up this huge tower. It got scary. The, it got scary. I'm not going to lie. I and was, it was like, really why hot. am I doing this? <laughs> Robert, who's been on the podcast as well, Robert <laughs> is afraid of heights. And so he <laughs> oh, was having a terrible time, but he was yeah. such a good sport. Like he went through the always at the top those stairs too they have made improvements to those stairs have, but in my mind i'm like where where are the improvements <laughs> because i feel like one of those wooden rungs is gonna break and go we're gonna right fall through and we all had to go single file and it was so steep and so hot yes um yeah i i kept on feeling this need to apologize to you but i had <laughs> never been up in the tower yeah. so it was new to me too and i was I was scared. I was one of the, it was that situation where I was like, suck it up and smile until we get to the top. (laughs) But then when you get to the top, it's that breath of fresh air and it's this beautiful view. And I would love to be able to do that shot again from a higher elevation Uh and be able, because one of the things, I think that's probably what helped a lot of the, I think one of the things, the importance of that shot was um, actually Casey, if you can pull that up, um, it's about halfway through uh, the video, mm-hmm. um, but we had, and you can just pause it on the frame because I really just want to look at the frame here. Uh, for the people that are uh, listening and not watching, we're we're gonna pull up just a clip from. Uh, just go start about halfway through. One sec. All right. One of the um, things that was challenging with that too, I remember the view is gorgeous, mm-hmm. but the top of the tower, I mean, it's a it's so roof prominent and it's ugly. Yeah. yeah, it's not so, a great looking. It, it looks like a roof. It looks like a roof. Yeah. That was one of the things that someone who has goggles on where they can really look out and they don't notice the roof. But if you're watching it on YouTube where you're mm-hmm. doing Quickly, that. Like you have these twitch kind of movement. Yeah. It's it not as natural. Just, in a it doesn't look as good. Yeah. Um, the big thing we wanted to do in this shot is showcase how close Vanderbilt is to downtown Nashville. Yes. And because I don't think people outside of Nashville understand how many universities are right there in the city. But yeah. yet, I mean, I sound like I'm a tour guide, but the Vanderbilt <laughs> campus is also an arboretum. So, and and oh, it's- Oh, this is it right here. Oh, yes. It, we're, in a, we're in a cloud right here. Yeah, so there's that kind of crap hole looking roof. Yeah. But- So it, yeah, we got a lot of roof there. But the view is- If you look to the right here- um, yeah, so there's yeah, so downtown we Nashville. Big kind of, uh, so we definitely need to, I, I, I want to be able to come out here and do, because I mean, if you look at all the trees, if you guys, uh, uh, so if you're listening, not uh, watching, Vanderbilt's campus has a ton of old trees, massive yes. old trees. They're this is huge. Uh, 
yeah, they're they're incredibly and it's just a very wooded, a very wooded area. Um, there we go. You, I mean, it truly is an arboretum, and they do awesome. that on purpose. Um, so it's beautiful when you're under the canopy. Arboretum. <laughs> What was that? I'm, an arboretum is. I know it's rooted art, like like a museum a of trees. Of tree. oh. So it's open to the public, and yeah. you can go around. It and there are labels on the trees. I that, the labels that talk about the different type of trees, and then they work really hard to keep them alive and to yes. have a diversity of trees, which lends to the fact that the campus cares so much about the environment, and yeah. we do all these things to help the environment, and so we also we love our trees. I am dreaming of someday them putting tree houses in some of those trees. <gasps> I think it could be a great thing where the engineering school and then a fine art, like people amazing. could come together to come up with these beautiful tree houses. Um, I guess the fear is that students will fall out of the tree houses, but every time I bring it up, they're like, come on, liability, whatever. <laughs> I want a tree house, you know, but someday. Someday would be a dream. Yeah, we have a bunch of people dancing on um, boats that are being pulled behind trailers <laughs> with our, in Nashville. I think the treehouse would be okay with some <laughs> yeah, sober really. students. I think we'll be all right. Um, no, I, that, I think that's one of the one of the things about Vanderbilt that we were really trying. I, I noticed is that some of these shots were just absolutely gorgeous. The just ju- just because of the campus itself, yeah, is really it was uh, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was another thing with um, the challenge with the limitation of time. Because really, the campus is the most beautiful in the fall when all those leaves are changing. Yes. We were doing it when it was about 100 degrees outside in the middle of the summer. (laughs) So not only do we hardly have any students, but the students we had were super sweating. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It it wasn't that bad. It was a a little warm, but it was, yeah. No, I think everybody was, yeah, everybody was good. But then you came back for, we did a kind of an update of the video where we added um, commencement, which I thought turned out really cool that was cool yeah um and we added a basketball game which oh, this, I, this might be the i think this is the older version yeah this here. is i think the first version. the first version yep okay. that was a little so, cool. Was cool i was really happy with this little transition oh here. yeah this but, is super cool because it's inside a 3d printer the 3d printer yeah we got a little shot of the uh i wish actually this is uh this is the new one the uh the it's the first second that the uh the commencement one of the commencement shots is at and then we have commencement at the end too. Yeah. Um. But we have to tell the story of you at the basketball game. Oh, which which one? The so, when so we you, have a couple of things that happen at the basketball game. So, oh. Kyle, I was so excited because Kyle um had teased me with this. We're gonna put <laughs> the three sixty camera on top of the basketball hoop, and anyone who has ever even imagined what it's like to work with NCAA rules. Yeah. There's like 52,000 rules, and we got permission to have the VR camera yep. on top of the basketball hoop. Yep. And I was envisioning that the basketball hoop would be able to be pulled all the way down to the ground. And they were yeah. like, uh, no. no. <laughs> and Kyle, without even skipping a beat, just goes, oh, yeah, I'll just climb up there. That's no biggie. That's perfectly <laughs> fine. And we pull out this ladder that is literally a two-story ladder. Yeah. And I'm Massive. thinking... Should I have had Kyle sign some kind of... You're fired before you hit the ground. Like, if you crack your head open, you're not allowed to sue Vanderbilt. As you're going up the ladder, and then you had to climb on top of the hoop. Yes. And then, as happens in our sucky Wi-Fi world sometimes... Yes. The connection didn't work with 
all the students and everyone with their phones. The GoPro. So we used a GoPro Fusion for yeah. that shot. I was so man. We were. I was so pumped about that shot. And we had. Uh, we ran a test with it beforehand. Worked just fine. Yes. We came back. Uh, we had a battery. So we had a battery. Um, external battery power. So we yeah. had power. Could not connect to it no. during the game. And I was just sitting there, just like you know, on the phone, just like pushing the button over and over and over. And it just it just didn't happen. I was so so bummed. But um, it's just one of those things that you you learn. And- it was a learning experience. And as a typical PR person, I had sold this shot to <laughs> athletics. Like this is going to be the be all and end all <gasps> shot. Um, and because I really wanted, you yeah. know, I wanted this to lead for to good things for you, and I was really excited. But um, I do have a very cool picture. Remember, I took a picture on my yeah. phone of you up there um, <laughs> as I literally was like, God, please let me get down don't without fall, falling. Don't fall. Um, I'll, it's like, a little sketchy I'll up there. <laughs> yeah. It's a little sketchy up there. But it, um, then we had the added thing that the <laughs> seats were filled in the yeah. beginning. And then, bless their hearts, the team got killed. Yeah, they got annihilated. Was it by Kentucky? Kentucky, yeah. By Kentucky. And... I mean, the stands, like, we're emptying and emptying. Nobody there. And in me, used to video, I was like, that's okay. The student section is still filled. Yeah. Except everything (laughs) else is either blue or empty. Yeah. I thought, crap. But we did end up getting some really good stuff. We did get some good footage. We did. It's nice when it can be a short video and you can use those magical seconds instead of minutes. So Yeah, no, that was a, uh, we had some, some really cool moments because all from the, you know, first half of the, first half of the game. The first quarter. The first quarter. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) At that point, you started to see the scoreboard and you could see the actual score and, you know, you can't really, can't really fake the score. Because Vanderbilt did <laughs> so well just the basketball game before. And yeah. we were like, we have to I go guess to the UT, next UT, right? Game. Was it yes. UT that you guys, yeah. yeah. And um, <laughs> it's just the way it goes. You, can, <laughs> you know what? We know in the video world, there's a lot of stuff you can't control, especially yeah. when you're trying to shoot things in an environment where you can't manipulate it. So, yeah. But we got cool stuff. And again, this was for a video that was targeted for this international audience. So just being in a basketball arena, especially yes. the way Memorial Gym is, where it's so cool, where the students actually are have the same eye line as the court. That's there's no so other cool. SEC school that has that. Yeah. Um, so we were helping them to experience Memorial Madness. So we won it. I mean, unfortunately the team didn't win, but like I kind of feel like we won in and showing that experience. Yes. So, I mean, I just keep thinking, what is it that is going to make us feel unique and special and what seems like a cool American thing? And to me, basketball and being right there on the yeah. court is is pretty cool. So That was, uh, we, we got a lot of help um, from... Um, Oh my gosh! I'm, the 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 mascot, the um, his Mr. C, Mr. C, yeah, Mr. C was huge. He was he was a big help yeah, uh, there he was. too. He uh, he was getting into it. He's um, a good sport. We have a so there's one more story I want to talk about. Um, for people that don't know, I have a three year old son and a one year old daughter. <laughs> oh yes. We my my daughter turned one uh, in May, and uh, I'm sorry in August, and uh, we uh, <laughs> it was the day before commencement. Yes. She was born the day before commencement. And so the day after. Well, she was born on commencement day. Because remember, you had to leave from the actual ceremony. Well, she was born the night before. And like we hadn't slept. Yeah. Yeah. The night before, hadn't slept. But 
commencement, we went and we filmed. Yes. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, <laughs> I can't imagine what kind of mess. I, Julian, another uh, guest, yes. a, a member of the team, he was there. He was helping me film, getting some audio as well. Because I do remember that because you texted me. You're like, um, my wife is in labor and we were getting <laughs> this big commencement shot, which obviously we can't reschedule commencement. Yeah. And I was thinking, shit, what am I going to do? And so, but like, I'll be there. I'll be there. But I'll as a there. mom, I'm like, whatever is best for you and your wife. Yeah. But in my back, I'm like, I hope I'm subconsciously being like, come, come. Because she had her, did she have her baby at Vanderbilt or it was right no. near? So we ended up, we, we planned on going to Vanderbilt. That's where we went for my son. But right. she went to labor pretty fast. So right. we had to go to Williamson County. Yes. Uh, okay. Now yeah. I remember. So we I had was a thinking, bit of it. it's all close. That's what we planned on doing. Like I would just have to like walk over and yes. yeah. No, it didn't end up being that, um, but I think what had happened, she was exhausted from, obviously, from the night before. So she was sleeping during commencement. What I didn't know is they had taken my daughter back um, to NICU because mm. there's some a potential issue. Yeah, And that's when it was literally, I got the text as the, so, so at the very end when everybody's uh. tossing the hats, like my phone's like, zzz, zzz. <laughs> you know, hats going. This is amazing. I looked back, look back, and like, okay, uh, you know, she's. Go this is what's happening. Yes. Don't panic. I'm like, don't panic. But the timing of it was just. So yes. I will forever remember the exact moment because it got that slow mo shot of the the ribbons going. I was really pumped about it, and like this, this all this cheering and joy and music, and then it was just like, oh, phone. Aww. But I am so happy. Like that is just forever ingrained in my like you. You're forever like time stamped in my life. Of like, I hope we distracted you. Well, I had so much fun. It was hot. It was definitely hot. The yeah. heat distracted a little bit too. But. You know what? If anything, I think um, that put things into perspective because nothing is more important than your family. So it's cool that the shot worked out, but really, what was most important was the health of your beautiful daughter. Yeah. And I'm glad it all worked out. Yes, so it was like win-win. <laughs> Yes, yes. It was it was good. Well, Amy, I think, um, man, this was, uh, we have, I mean, we could talk, there were a lot of stories from the uh, from the shoe. I, overall, I'm very happy that it was a, a success. Mm -hmm. uh, I enjoy working with you. You're incredibly talented. I could go you back too. and I could, I could brag on, on, on you for a while, but <laughs> I won't, I won't let you guys sit through, thank I won't make you. you guys sit through that, thank but you. just thank you so much for, for taking time out of your day to come here and um, into our our humble studio. I love it. Talk, talk I said I'm never on this side. So it was like <laughs> a kind of a cool, cool experience. And I loved working with you. I hope we have the opportunity to do it again. I think VR is so cool. And I'm still very clueless about it. Except now, <laughs> you know, in the nicest thing, I, I don't necessarily have to understand everything because I trust someone who is learning all the new things. So <laughs> well, I hope you. we can make a little video magic again. So for sure. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. We had, I had a great time sitting down with Julian, seeing him again, and then in connecting with an old friend, Amy Wolf. I hope you got some tangible information out of that talk. She's a story first creative, which means that she believes the same thing that we believe is that immersive content in videos, stories in general, just you need to tell stories. We, you know, we created this podcast because there's a, there's a lot of a talented immersive content creators out there and they don't, there's no platform for them to speak on. So we want to give them the platform. If you guys know anybody that you think should be on this podcast, put them down in the comments below 
and then you know we'll, we'll reach out we'll work some magic we'll have our people call their people and then people will get together but i hope you enjoyed this podcast if you did you can find us on all platforms that, where you can find a podcast we're on spotify we're on apple uh podcast we're on on google play store we're on youtube we're, on, we're just just you know give us a comment Shoot us a, a like. And don't forget, every Monday we have the actual VR show where we go over the latest and immersive content news into this like small little nugget-sized bit of information for your busy day. And for the month of October, I don't know if you noticed, but the set was a little different today. little spooky. But that's because Spooktober is here. Don't know what Spooktober is? Well, you're finding out right now. We've got some exclusive content that's just coming out for the month of October because who doesn't love Halloween? Anyway, we'll see you next week. Until then... Have a have a good one. Just enjoy life in general. Bye.